Well, happy Ascension Day, everyone. Happy Ascension Day. Of course, it's not really Ascension Day. That was a little bit of a trick. That, of course, was last Thursday, 40 days after Easter. And by now, I'm sure that you are tired of hearing Ascension carols wherever you go. It's a little exhausted after giving and wrapping and receiving all of your Ascension Day presents and kind of stuff for Ascension Day dinner and turkey. No, of course not. If you knew that it was Ascension Day last Thursday without the evening reminding you of it, well, you can stop by my office later this week for an official Good Episcopalian certificate. You actually celebrated it in church last Thursday and feasted it appropriately that evening. I'll even throw in a special commemorative Episcopalian bow tie for a pair of theories. The fact is that few of us ever take that much note of Ascension Day. Even though the Book of Common Prayer tells us that it's one of the seven principal feasts of the Christian year, right up there with Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, Epiphany, and All Saints. The official liturgical term, if you don't know, the theological scholars use to explain what principal feasts are is that they're a really deep My question for us this morning is, why? Why does our church's tradition want us to celebrate Ascension Day like it's a really big deal? Clearly, it's never taken a hold of popular imagination like Christmas or Easter. And why do we celebrate Ascension Day? The story almost seems a little cruel, doesn't it? Jesus had come back to his disciples from the grave. And the 40 days he spent with them after his resurrection were a time of great healing and renewed joy and being filled with power to go out into the world and do the mission of Christ's name. But then, after just 40 days, There's a post-resurrection story that artists throughout history have depicted with real poignancy. In John chapter 20, Jesus comes to Mary Magdalene in the garden outside the tomb, right after his resurrection. She's standing there weeping for her dear lost teacher and friend. Jesus comes to her and says, Dear woman, why are you weeping? I imagine that Mary answers him through tears, not looking up, since we're told that she thinks it's the gardener. And she tells him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me what you've done with him, where you laid him. And then Jesus just says to her, Mary. And all of a sudden, she turns and says to him, Rabbi. And here, strangely enough, all of the artists on Mary imagine Mary turning around and reaching out to embrace him, as of course she would. But Jesus is holding out his hand and saying, Do not return to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. Sounds almost 
whole mountain. I kind of imagine Mary getting into this great hug and Jesus saying, okay, okay. Nevertheless, the artists, I think, are on to something. So if you had your friend and teacher back from the grave, would just 40 days together again, together again be enough? No. But Jesus says, do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. Why would we celebrate that? If Jesus is risen and alive, why doesn't he stay down here with us? Given my experience of the church, probably yours too, I have no doubt that the church could use better managers. Even if we believe that the Pope is the vicar of Christ, why not just give us Christ? Eliminate the middleman. Why can't Christ stay around to overturn the money changers' temples, temples, tables in the temple, and tell off the Pharisees and the false prophets of our day? Tell us who's right and who's wrong in our endless disputes about doctrine, and run off all the scoundrels who dare to abuse and deceive God's children. Christ's life on this in his earthly ministry. 
And there's a sense in which I think we have to admit that this really is a kind of loss in a way that's captured by the poignancy, the sadness of Jesus telling Mary Magdalene not to hold on to him. We in the church are Christ's body, but at the same time we look forward in hope to the day when we will no longer see but through a glass, through a glass darkly, but instead we will see face to face. We in the church look forward to the day that Revelation describes, when He will wipe every tear away from our eyes, and death itself will be no more. So amen, we say. Come, Lord Jesus. Christian faith doesn't mean having to pretend that everything goes better with Jesus, that we're all hashtag blessed with a perfect family and earthly prosperity, that we know all the answers. No. In this world, we will have trouble, Jesus told us. We'll have doubts. We'll have times when we feel like Job or the exiled children of Israel. We'll wonder where the blessings of God went. We'll have times when we ask of the psalmist, why do the wicked prosper? There'll be days when we feel misunderstood by people that we love. Times or seasons when we feel discouraged or alone or anxious. Days when our hearts are nearly broken by seeing how much our own wretched sinfulness hurts the very people that we love the most. Nevertheless, Ascension Day is a feast. Ascension Day is a great feast of God's mercy and grace because it's a day that reminds us that we don't have to pretend like we're already in heaven on earth. Like we aren't still down here in this world, struggling mightily with our suffering and our sin. Dragging on social media. You know how every post on Facebook or Instagram shows happy friends and happy families having a good time? The truth is that a lot of those posts are generated by people trying to make everyone else think that their lives are perfect and put together, while actually on the inside, they are in rot. Or, you know how everyone is always happy to be an advertisement, like they're so excited to drink that passion? It'd be a lot truer, I think, to why a lot of dollars are actually spent if there were an ad that said something like, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, for those special nights when you feel sad and lonely. <laughs> That's true, right? But no one ever says that kind of thing. Most people deal with suffering and their own sin by denying it exists and putting on a brave, happy face to the world and to themselves. All the while, in some secret corner, we're seeing the blues. We're struggling with some part of our lives that we're ashamed of, or exhausted by, or we fear is beyond hope. The 
session day is a strange kind of feast. Maybe that's why I never come. But it is the kind of feast where we can look around at our lives and admit in all honesty, no, this is not yet the fullness of the kingdom of God. I'm still on the way, and I have a long way yet to go. We have a long way yet to go. But nevertheless, God is with me every step of that way, and He will get me to where I'm going. Yes, I'm a sinner, but I am saved by God's amazing grace. No, I don't know right now how to fix my family or reconcile with my brother, but the reconciliation that matters most is the one that already happens on the cross. And there's no limit to the reconciliation that God can work in my life. Yes, I have let people down, and no, my life isn't what I hoped it would be, but God is not through with me yet, and I am His child, and by God's grace we can change, and God has good plans, and a future, and a hope for me and my loved ones, even death.
We do crazy things, like run out after the lost sheep, lay our lives down for our sisters and brothers, refuse to pay evil with evil, but instead pay evil with good. We stop constantly beating ourselves up for the secret faults we're scared to that someone else is going to find out, and instead start to live in God's amazing grace and love ourselves as God loves us. When we follow Christ, where He goes in the world, to the sick, to the disreputable, to the hopeless, to the brokenhearted, it starts to look like glory. People look at us and see peace, patience, joy, and reconciliation between the unlikeliest people, between people whom you have you have every reason to either think we have every reason stay away. And they say, how did that happen? It would take a miracle for those people to become friends. This is the unlikeliest group of people I've ever seen, but somehow there's peace here. It feels like them. It feels like God. Ascended on high, that he might draw the whole world to himself. 